That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, Nesmini alongside for the ride is a man who was supposed to work with me in this podcast, and in the middle of it, he decided to rough me up, JC. Some of us might say that I'm all out on you, Nestlemania, and hey, you know what? We're going to get to that later because it is a huge week for All Elite Wrestling. I believe it's on Sunday night? Sunday? It is on Sunday, yeah. yes. So we are going to have a full preview of that coming up towards the end of the show, but uh, Nestlemania, we only start one way, and that's in the shine with, like Mandy Rose says, Always in the shine. Always in the shine. Mwah. And you know what, Nestlemania? I'm feeling a little frisky today, so I want, I want you to kick off the shine Ooh. for once. Yeah, let's well, hear it. Okay, well, I'll tell you what really got me hot and bothered. It's not necessarily the first thing that I think of, but it is the first thing I think of. Happy Corbin. I could not be more excited for Happy Corbin. He had a giant, it seemed like a giant car. I think it was a Rolls Royce that he drew, drove up into in SmackDown. We knew we kind of understood that Happy Corbin was a trademark that they were doing. We didn't know where, what they were going with it. He has the fedora. He's talking about Wagyu steaks, which I had to Google because I don't know about Wagyu because I'm poor. And then a, Corbin's a big meat guy. Oh, yeah. You, you follow, follow him on Instagram. Twitter, he cooks. Instagram, yeah. You know what? I will say this much. As a person who has OCD, the fact that he wears gloves while he cooks, I was like, that's a huge positive. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, for me, I'm like, I always have to be clean. So I was like, oh, he, he won in my book on that one. Um, but no, I... Happy Corbin with the slots. He's very happy. He tries to buy the case from Big E. He's like, nah, dog, not doing it. Whatever. And then he gets his ass handed to him. Doesn't matter. He leaves. And it's great. So, like, I, we ha- I'm glad we kind of stopped with the Money in the Bank thing for now or paused it or whatever is going to happen here. I really like the fact that he won in Las Vegas. They used that opportunity to do something with it. And I'm very excited to see where we go because Happy Corbin is a good Corbin, in my opinion. And... I, I was kind of hoping we were going to see a baby face here, but at the same time, it's a little bit of enough spin on it that I'm okay with it. Well, it's funny because it, like there's parts where they like want to cheer him. Yeah. And like everything is funny, but he's just like, he's one of those guys that is so good. All he has to say is like one word and you're, you're against him again. So, but the big part of this for me, Nestlemania, was the whole week leading up after SummerSlam with all the videos that he was posting on social media. He may not be a king anymore, but he was the king of social media with these videos. They were so entertaining with like the highs and low of Vegas. Like he turns the $35 into a hundred. He's all happy. Then he loses it all again, but sure. then he wins it all back. It was just like, it was such a fun ride. And this storyline from beginning to end so far, like this was obviously a big change this week with the Happy Corbin. It's all made sense. It's all been well thought out. It's all been well executed. I love that we have a feud for Big E because a lot of the times we say it every year, like, what does the Money in the Bank person do to like cash in? Right. Well, right now he's involved in one of the more entertaining things with Happy Corbin. It's good for everyone involved. You know, Kevin Owens is kind of adjacent to it. He was on commentary this week, which I actually enjoyed without Pat McAfee. We're obviously big KO guys here on the Jabberknocker, so I could have just done with him and Cole, but they obviously had his pal Corey Graves as well. But safety blanket, really? Yes, yes, of course. Um, but I enjoyed that because I'm just in, everything about Happy Corbin. It's kind of like what we say on Riddle on Raw. It's just so much fun to see him interact with all the different people on the show and with Corbin. It's like even the simple things like from like a month ago where like Shotzi and Tegan were hitting him in the nuts. Like it's just little things like that where you can literally put Corbin in with anyone on the roster, any character, any backstage person, and make it a good segment. That's how you know you got gold here. Oh, absolutely, couldn't agree more. And and I, I was so excited to see that he was, you know, I, I was hoping that we'd see him fall from grace even more, maybe become a baby face, like I said. However, we know what he likes, we know what he is, and he just he's true to what he is, and it works. So I'm so excited to see where Happy Corbin goes. I'm hoping there's a world title pitcher kind of thing in the next couple of years for him, if not this year, but it seems like it's a very crowded pitcher. This year, yeah. It's a very crowded pitcher for a while, but I'm... I'm I'm super happy for the guy. No pun intended. Like it, it it was it was a nice little change of pace. 
So, would you like me to keep going, or would you like to go? No, I can jump in here, okay. because I actually, I really enjoyed SmackDown this week. I don't really have any glaring heat on the show, because I think overall, I just enjoyed the experience. Were there things that, you know, were kind of a mixture, but the thing that for SmackDown is it felt so fresh this week. We had Cesaro versus Chad Gable, a fresh matchup. That was a lot of fun. I obviously didn't get the finish, because they're giving Otis a lot of shine right now, but you also had Sami Zayn versus Dominic, a fresh matchup. It was a lot of fun, and I know you're loving the Ray Dominic storyline, so... But it was also a good way to get Zayn a win. I love that on the having Kevin Owens on commentary for this match was a lot of fun too. So it's just stuff like that. SmackDown felt really fresh, and it kind of rejuvenated me this week. I agree with you, and I think that it, the best part of SmackDown for me, specifically besides the Happy Corbin stuff, was I really enjoyed the Paul Heyman aspect of yes. everything. But I re- the real telling story here, and you can go one way or another, JC, and I'm curious how you sit on this fence because you're obviously a habitual fence sitter. If you sit there and you think, you know, the whole the whole purpose of SmackDown was, is Roman going to be pissed? Is Roman going to be pissed? Is Roman going to be pissed? Heyman, you know, ducking and not allowed in the locker room, all that stuff, and kind of cowering every time he saw somebody. Did a great job with his character. And then Roman Reigns, at the right before the entrance, was like, this is a family celebration. Wise man, your family, I love you. And all I could think about is somebody, I forget, I'm sorry for not having your Twitter handle ready, but somebody had it perfectly. It was the... It could have gone one way or the other. It could have gone that you think that he is part of the family, which that's fine. We can believe that as well. Or you could go in a different route, which is a conspiracy theory. With the mafia feel of Roman Reigns, that is the moment from the Godfather where he grabbed him by the face and kissed him and said, you broke my heart. You know, like, it, you could go either way. That's what's beautiful about and this. I, and yeah. the fact that Roman Reigns ha- and, and Heyman and the Usos and everybody involved, even the backstage people have have kind of made it feel like, mm, I don't know. The fact that we're having these conversations and we're asking questions, when you ask questions, when you're when you're not quite sure of what you just saw, that's when wrestling's at its best, in my opinion. When you can go, was that real? Is that is that how it's supposed to play out? It is, but now I'm curious. Like, I actually feel for Paul Heyman. I'm like, Ooh, are you going to pick Brock? Are you going to pick Roman? Is there a swerve? Is Bar- Brock going to be a baby face? Because we know that ain't good. He, I mean, he kind of was on, right, when right. he did, came back, which I honestly, I think it fits for this because Roman is such a mega heel right now. You can't, you, you just got to keep it like that. So whoever he faces kind of has to take that role, even if they're not. But I just like, I love this writing of this because this was such a simple thing anyways. We already, we already made the jokes like the fight for custody of Paul Heyman and yeah. stuff. But by doing this the way they did with the Usos kind of really setting up the tension and him getting locked out of that locker room. We know Heyman's incredible in his role, doing exactly what he's supposed to do. But then like the Roman dynamic coming in and just like being accepting and not even, and like acting like it's nothing, you know, it's like, man. This guy is so smart because you know it crosses his mind clearly because the Usos are thinking it. But for Roman, he's just going to act like everything's the same just to see how Paul reacts. And it's just, it's so fucking good. It's going to get better. But know what else I love about this WrestleMania? Instead of making us just like be like, oh, Roman's just going to sit around and do nothing till uh, Brock comes. No, 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 no. Roman's allegedly defending his championship next week against Finn Balor, which is, you know, we've seen this like blue balls with Finn Balor, pun intended, (laughs) coming out, not getting it. And now finally here, he might be getting it. And I think that's awesome that we have something. I've said this before with SmackDown. Like, we have something in the immediate future as opposed to like the far future, which I think is great. It makes the titles feel so much better. And what else did I love about this Nestlemania? What did I say last week? Give me Street Profit Usos. And guess what, baby? Know who saved Finn Balor? The Street Profits. So you know what we're getting at Extreme Rules? We're getting Usos and Street Profits. I hope it has all the fucking stipulations. Let these guys go buck wild. But what it feels like to me is when they kind of did like the Street Profits New Day. And then one of them moved to Raw. I'm thinking that the Street Profits might get shipped off to Raw. So this is like the finale here, and we're going to get like a tease, and then we're not going to see these teams together for a while. But I'm just glad we're getting it before the draft because, whew, it's going to be good. I mean, yeah, I didn't even think about that until you stated it, JC, but I will think right now, to me, the Street Profits on SmackDown don't make any sense. I don't think they ever did. I understand uh, that, the, but here's the thing. When you look at certain people, you go, that's a Raw guy or girl. That's a SmackDown guy or girl. You just, you, you get a sense of, SmackDown is more of a sport and more of a presentation like Fox. And USA and the Raw is more of a character-driven show. You don't necessarily have to be the best wrestler on Raw, but you are a character that's character-driven and very heavy. SmackDown is very character-driven as well, but it has that feeling of a sporty, real wrestler. I have to at least be decent at my job 
kind of feeling. Not that the, not that the Street Profits aren't. I was gonna say the, the one the one thing I will say about the Street Profits is they're yeah. one of the better wrestling tag they teams. Are, I they think, are. Too. Angelo but Dawkins I, I think, is one of the best. I think the big big part of the reason why they were definitely going to SmackDown was I think Fox obviously wanted them. Sure. So they were good, but. They wanted Bianca more than anything sure. because they wanted to make her a star in the face of the co- the franchise, like they kind of did. And obviously, her and Montez are married, so they've for the most part WWE for most couples likes keep to keep that, them yeah. together. There's a few where like in where you look where they haven't, but um, for the most part, especially now that they're back on the road, like they definitely want to. So, but yeah, no, that was my immediate thought was like, okay, these guys are gonna have an awesome feud. The Usos are gonna escape. The Street Profits are gonna go to Raw, and you know what? God, if that means if RK Bro's still around a little bit, Street Profits RK Bro, we get Street Profits New Day again. Street Profits Viking Raiders, run it back, baby. That stuff was a lot of fun. So there's a lot of good possibilities here. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited because in the near future we're getting Finn Roman, we're getting Street Profit Usos. SmackDown's full speed ahead right now, man. Is there anything else that you're very excited about? Well, there's only one other thing on SmackDown we haven't talked about, which, again, like for the most part, I enjoyed it, but there were parts of it that I didn't really enjoy. But I at least like that we actually had a number one contender match for like the first time in like a year, I feel like, in WWE. Yeah, no, I'm trying not to get too far into it because I know we're going to talk about certain things. Yeah. So I assume we're talking about Becky and, and the women. Yeah. Okay. So the other first first thing I want to know, who the hell did Becky did Becky get Roman's teeth guy? She came out looking like Roman Reigns with a giant grin. It's weird with Becky because like you can definitely tell she's trying to like be a little bit heelish, but she's so smiley and shit. It's just Well, it's the like, fake teeth threw me off not, when I yeah. saw her and I went, Whoa. Like it was that first the first time because you know Roman had those like kind of uh, weird teeth, and then he had. Oh, like I the, loved it. Yeah, and then he got like weird the, looking though. and then yeah. like boom, and like so when she smiled on Friday, I went, oh, oh like yeah, not so, and nothing, nothing really. It just was like a weird thing to think of, and then she did her whole promo, and you know, like no, I'm not gonna do it, and, and next time, and whatever, like be it. She's not a heel. She's not a baby face. She's just Becky Lynch. She, she's the man, whatever. Um, I didn't necessarily hate that aspect of it. I I agree with you that the the the, the contenders match was great. Uh, in certain aspects, but uh, on the Becky Bianca thing, I can't help but feel like no matter what happens with Becky, I'm not, it's this weird thing that I feel like we're glossing over or the WWE is glossing over is just expect this. This is who it is. This is how it is. There's no rhyme or reason for things. She's just there. Yeah. And when I'm watching it, I don't like being told to accept anything in life. Like, that's just me as a person. But when I'm watching something, if I don't have an explanation or anything, it just kind of is, it really makes me feel like I, if I can't connect the dots, I can't enjoy it. And that that's how I feel right now. I'm sure maybe there will be more layers to the onion. But right now, I don't mind Becky Lynch being a heel or babyface or whatever you want, gray area. And I'm sure I'll get more of it, but I think I'm at a point now, if she's going to be a heel, I need something to, like, Make it something. Well, so this, I think the way you're feeling is kind of the way I'm feeling too, is like kind of how the crowd felt in this segment where it was like, I did like, they're obviously cheering for both women. The crowd, like, like us, I think is overall, like, I'm excited Becky is back. Right. It's always good for it. I'm very excited Becky's back, but it's also like, we've all fell in love with Bianca this past year because she has earned like our love and admiration and respect and everything. So it's just like knowing how it went down is painful. So you can feel it in the crowd. Like they cheer Becky, they cheer Bianca. But then it kind of felt like when Becky was kind of being a dick, they were, they were leaning more towards Bianca, which is how I feel too. Like I'm very, I'm very torn. I'm obviously all in on Bianca. And I was watching this and I was like, okay, I was worried they might've taken it off a little. They didn't give her enough time to really like cement herself. But Watching this segment, I was like, no, Bianca cemented herself. She's a fucking megastar. She doesn't need that championship as like she did to get her there. She's already there. So now she can do whatever she wants. But at the same time, it, it still hurts. But then obviously, like, this whole segment and the match was a showcase for her to be like, she's still got it. Literally, they put her in there with uh, three smaller women, and she's just fucking doing all her power yeah. moves, which was fucking great. It's part of the reason why I really enjoyed the match, obviously, because of Liv, too, getting her moment and stuff. But... But yeah, I'm very, the segment was tough because there were parts, I enjoyed like the crowd stuff because I'm like, they're into this, which is good. But at the same time, like there's something with Becky. It's just like, it's not there right now for me. And I think it's just because none of us know how to, we're supposed to react. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know how we want to react either because we're so torn. It's not even like I'm a heel and I'm saying dick things boomy. And it's not, here's the other thing too is maybe maybe I'm just an asshole and that's fine. But when but right before she left, I felt like, 
I had seen it all. You were you were, was, you were you were kind of leading the train of you were kind of stale with her. Like, I, was. I was still I was on the point where I was like, yeah, I'm not really digging what she's doing. And remember, I remember we all yeah. wanted Shayna to beat her at Mania. Right, exactly. And then she retained and then she just gave the title to Asuka. Right. And that's a hard part for me where, where yeah. like I think I unpaused and feel what I did I'm, I'm, uh, 18 months after the fact. Well, it's just like most so, of WrestleMania, we had replaced her. Yeah. And it's also the fact that like so when I looked at SmackDown, I was like, Bianca and Sasha, mm-hmm. top two. Bailey being out, but she was right there as well. But then it was like, the rest are fine. And then on like, Raw, Raw's its own mess. But it was just like, Becky like just kind of jumped herself right on top. And it was just, a lot of the times I think when people come back, we kind of like them to earn it. Because like, we were pretty critical of Edge and stuff too. And now I feel like he's solidified himself with that feud with Seth, where if he went up and challenged Roman again, I don't think we'd be as upset as before. Because it makes sense when you come back not to jump the line. Right. There's a reason why we get sick of Goldberg. Because <laughs> he comes in, he jumps the line. He sure. also sucks, but he's a habitual line stepper. Yes, but yeah, but it's just one of those things. And with Becky, it just it didn't feel right. It felt like an overreaction. And I think we're still. I'm still going to be sour on it. I think for a while, it's going to take me a while to get over it. But I think it's also part of it. Like I've seen the man do everything already. Exactly. So it's like it's one of those things now where it's like I would be completely against her and booing her and cheering Bianca. I don't think the crowd will be fully because. We like people still adore like Becky as they should. Sure, but I think for me personally, like I'm all in on Bianca. I'm not all out on Becky, but it's just like, like I think what you said, been there, done that, is definitely kind of in my mind. As sad as it is to say, and I, and, and I think you said it eloquently. The only thing I can add to this is, even with moves like the manhand slam or whatever, like the man slam, I that that it just, it just makes it worse. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how I... I'm not saying she's not good. I'm not saying she's not good for the business. She's clearly a star. She's great she, for the business. She's great yes. for the business. I, but it, it's this weird... It'll all fall into place in a couple of months and I'll eat crow, maybe. But uh, like, I don't I, know. But it, it's I'm going to be sour for so a while. So here's the thing. I think that Bianca's going to Raw with the Profits. I think so, too. And, I, and, I, and it's yeah. just like... Oh, Bianca Charlotte is the next money match. We're moving, you, we're moving you over here. That's your WrestleMania match, yeah. Bianca Charlotte. Charlotte's been talking about Bianca since they signed Bianca, yeah. being like, this girl's going to be the face of the company someday. And she was right on. Yeah. So you know like they, she's been thinking about it. And those two, like... Like, we talk about Sasha getting matched up with, like, not a lot of people can't always, like, get on her level with the size, strength, and speed. Bianca can, so that's something I want to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we've talked a lot about that women. Uh, anything else that was very Let's exciting? Let's go to Raw. Okay. So on Raw, there were a lot of things that I really liked, but I can't not go further in this program without, which I think is the match of the week on Raw specifically, which was Sheamus, Priest, oh. and Matt. Oh. I... I when I first we'll we'll, we'll negate the, the opening promo I'll, I'll allow that to be talked in a different category. That was a little bit of a mess. So we get to the the, the triple threat which they Ooh. were promoting and that was good. That was a that was a that was a cigarette after a, a yeah. intercourse moment kind of thing. Like it was it was really good and I I, I really enjoyed listening to the crowd a little bit on because here's the other thing OKC did not bring it in terms of crowd participation but that match specifically they did and the rest of the night was kind of off. But when I watched this match, I went, I'm kind of sour on Mac. Sheamus, I'm always a fan of. Priest is that wild card. But here's something that I wanted to, I was almost going to give Priest my comeback because this is what I wanted to harp on, folks. Damian Priest is a star, not just a star, an upper echelon star. He's a superstar. He's a superstar. And the reason I say that is, look who started Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest. With the open challenge, but it was a promo. You own the Raw only puts their top stars at the beginning of the program, whether it's Charlotte, whoever. Seth Rollins over time, you know, it was nauseum. But Damian Priest was out there with the United States Championship, decked out in his US. The crowd started up. Didn't matter if he fumbled or not. The crowd loved him. And then of course they added all the big acts in that thing. And then we got this triple threat. And I went, woof, okay. Who won the triple threat? Exactly. And he beat Matt Clean. <laughs> he beat Matt Clean. And I thought, okay, not only is Drew like in the role he needs to be in, Seamus did a great job just beating the hell out of everybody. But Priest got that signature victory that we've been looking for. We know the Seamus uh, SummerSlam moment was a big moment. But to me, beating a former WWE champion that was so recent was such a huge moment. I'm, again, I'm not necessarily a big Priest guy, but he's making me. A fan. This is why it works. There's a lot of reasons why it works. But number one, it's fresh, first of all. Second of all, we've watched Damian Priest since WrestleMania. Like, obviously, he was the sidecar to Bad Bunny. But he, we started to get our attention. He's gotten better and better. And the crowd has acknowledged, like, this guy, there's something about this guy that we dig him. And WWE listened and was like, you know what? We see it, too. 
So, but by the crowd being into him and WWE backing him these last couple weeks, that's how you fucking make new stars. And they don't do it often. And it's crazy of all the NXT guys to come up. Obviously, we kind of expected Riddle to be a big sure. main roster star. But Damian Priest, like, we just didn't know. He was a guy that was either could do this, but it was more likely that he was just going to flame out because he was kind of bland and whatever. But they found a way to make this guy so fucking cool. We already knew he was good in the ring. He's, he's, he's gotten better and better. And what I loved about this match is just like, as fatigued as I was with McIntyre, I can't tell you how refreshing it was to see him going for a different championship. And him and Sheamus together is always good. But it was just kind of cool to be like, Priest McIntyre. I never really thought about that because on Raw, they always do the tag teams where they're friends. But I'm like, them going against each other, I'm like, this should be a pretty physical matchup. Never mind having Sheamus involved. And I was like, I was watching this. I'm like, well, it's a triple threat. Priest's going to fucking win this. So last week, they have him fighting Bobby Lashley to tell you this guy matters and this title matters. This week, he kicks off the show with that title telling you both matter. And then he pins the two top contenders for the big title right now that are on every week besides Goldberg, obviously. The other two top contenders, he pins them too. So if I'm looking at Raw, it's like Bobby Lashley and Damian Priest. Well, Lashley hasn't beaten Priest. So you're telling me that the U.S. title, like this is the best position that title's been putting in a long time. And it's Damian fucking Priest? That is incredible. But I, I just like, it's... It's good, man. This was a beautiful match. It was, and I can't overstate it. If you only got 10 minutes or 20 minutes to yourself this week, go definitely go out and check Monday Night Raw because that triple threat, which is, again, hard to do in a triple threat match. Most of the time they have a memorable match sometimes because A, B, Yeah, but it's usually a lot of mess, but this had a little bit of everything. It was physical. It was well done. Like, it just, it was so good. If there's one thing, if not that Damian Priest is going to be listening to the knocker, but if he ever does, here's my free advice to you. Stop doing that second rope jump flip thing. You will break your head open or your leg. He's a baby face, man. No, I know, but he can fly no matter I what. Know. But that one thing makes me go, you are an ACL terror, like ha- waiting to happen. It, and I don't want it to because I want him to be good. You know what I would change? I would change the fucking choreographed shit in his entrance. That is kind of like, the, like, the, like the silly dance. Like it's like the song's cool. The lighting's cool. He looks cool when he comes out, but if he just like came out looking cool, like acting cool, hell, flick a toothpick if you want to, because that's what we're all thinking. <laughs> but like the like, I don't mind the bow and arrow thing at the end with the flames. It's a cool visual. But the thing where he's like he's doing the up and down with his arms and stuff, it's like it's so choreographed, and that's the one part that like I'd get rid of. But honestly, he's been so good that that doesn't bother me anymore. But that'd be the one thing. It's like, dude, you're cool enough. You don't need to try to be cool. Don't don't like don't overcool. Yeah, don't overcool. <laughs> Don't don't drip over. Yeah, don't drip drip too don't much. Don't drip. Speaking of, so so I don't know. It's a good segue. I was happy that Johnny Morrison got a, a little bit of a rub. We thought we were getting Morrison and Miz. They pulled the rug out from under us. Which again, probably more heat to talk about in that aspect. I think in this situation, yeah, this one worked because the Miz wasn't there, and I kind of liked it because they had a segment that set up where Johnny wanted a match. And he got. He wanted to be the bigger man, yeah, is what he, he said. Got, he got the biggest man. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? For me, I'm like that was that was good. Other than that, like it was a very quick match. Unfortunately, I mean, it should be. No, no, no. And look, That's so, the thing. Look, because I saw people being like, "Oh my god, how could he take this L?" It's like, um, you know who he was facing, right? Yeah. It's okay to lose every now and then when you face someone like that. And it's a jobber alert, so it's three minutes or less. But uh, still, the uh, the effort was there. The, and so I don't think he lost any steam, which I think it was. It was more of a, it was a maintenance week. It didn't feel like it, it was, was a bottom. Like, we have to get something on because yeah. we don't know if the Miz thing was planned or not planned. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like it wasn't planned. Um, but so it was just it was they had the fly and it worked. I yeah, it worked fine. I thought it was fine. Again, like we said, some weeks are going to be, you know, not stagnant but still. I'd rather it not drop, which it didn't. So oh, um, you said drop Nestlemania. I did say drop. You know what else drops? Do. Dewdrop, speaking of blue balls, we didn't even get this match because Dewdrop came out and beat the fuck out of Eva Marie, which I kind of loved. And then what do we? what is my favorite thing about Eva Marie is that she never fucking wrestles. She can't compete and they have to delay the match again. It's just like the Eva Marie booking is so simple, yet for some reason I just continue to eat it up. They've been doing the same thing with her first run of the company, the second run of the company, no matter what fucking show she's on. She just doesn't wrestle, and her feuds are literally like weeks and weeks of her not wrestling until eventually she gets squashed. But for some reason, I don't get sick of it. It just works, and with Dewdrop, it's just going to keep giving her momentum. I really like that Dewdrop kind of... I wouldn't say she's super committed to the character, but it's enough of a committal where I felt like it's not... It feels authentic. It you doesn't know why feel it like works? it's not authentic. Because she's a fucking badass in that ring. Yeah. I think that's why it works is because, like, she has the goofiness. And that's, like, the, it's, like, the perfect synergy with WWE. The way she acts with the fluffy character or whatever, you can be in any sort of segment backstage. But once you get in the ring, you got to be able to go. And I think that she has both. 
She's in a pretty good career. I, I would not be surprised in six months we're talking. She's she's not going to win a belt, but she, she should be, be a female. She contender. might be the like the breakout at the Royal Rumble. Sure. She ain't going to win it, but she might be the one with like 11, eight, eight, yeah. 10, 11 nations. And you're like, oh, here comes Dewdrop, and there's going to start to be momentum for her. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I'm, I look forward for those moments because I think – we loved Piper, Viper, whatever. We always want new yeah. stars. Yeah. We always do. And that's that's a big reason why Priest is working right now. Because we crave, like, what's next. And that's, you know, something that AEW has been doing so much. is like, what's next? Well, every new week we have a new debut. So, <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I'm out of shine. Okay. I'm going to go to the heat where there's a lot to get off my television. But uh, we'll, we'll get through this very quickly, I think, uh, in most aspects of things. For me, I, I'm looking at this as... Like, a kind of a what the fuck, right? Like, we start the show of Raw with this random fucking promo where everybody was just clowned, you know, clowned It was a walk car. of champions. It was, it was... Show off them titles. Yeah, show them off them titles, baby. It was, it's hard because, you know, it's like Priest was good, then the Mac and Sheamus thing happened, and that was fine. But then RK Bro came out after Bobby and MVP, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I get that you're putting all the top acts in one thing. But you just ruined it. You ruined it in terms of like, and then of course our favorite Danny Grimwood says, "Up oh, here comes the bus," and it's fucking you know Sonya and, and Adam Pierce, and oh well, hold on a second, you know it's like they already made the fucking match. You saying it negates everything to me. It's like it's like watching something being undone. Like it literally, they are they are the physical adaptation of hitting undo on the keyboard. That's how I feel like when I watch them. It's just like eh. I didn't think this was possible, but. Sonya Deville has dragged Adam Pierce down to being fucking oh, horrible. Stop I, it. I enjoyed the quirky Adam Pierce segments because I thought his like playoff was weird, but now like they're both so watered down. Like I think apart, like I think there's segments where they're solo with someone, even sure. Sonya are better. But for some reason, when they're together, it's just like it's like paint drying. It's insane. It really bothered me because it, 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 there wasn't even give one each show, and I yeah. think maybe Survivor Series sure. or something will set that up. But it's like split them up if you want to have Authority TV, have Sonya be like kind of like because like William Regal isn't overdone on NXT, but when they need him, he's a presence. You can do that with Pierce and Sonya. Just put one on Rob and one on SmackDown. Not one time have they ever made an Authority figure Dana White. You know what I mean? Like Dana White, well, does, Vince kind of no, but yeah, but but here's the thing: Dana White's never fought in the cage. Yeah, you know, but like Dana White has press conferences galore. Yet nobody, nobody ever says I've seen too much of Dana White. <laughs> you you think UFC? You think Dana White? Because Dana White isn't afraid to speak his mind. Right, and yeah. so here's the thing: <laughs> uh, not that WWE can do this, but I, I feel like if you're gonna do it, that's the last authority figure kind of thing that I would want to see. This crap with, hold on a minute, you just said something. I have to come up with my big rubber stamp and go. Notarized. Yeah. What do you do when the notary is the person you sleep with? No, sorry. That's another thing from the office. But no, like, I just, I can't for the life of me understand it. And and so that whole, that whole, that it was a whole mess. But unfortunately for them, it lasted 20 minutes. But the, the I guess the good thing was that uh, the triple threat came out of it after all that. And then of course, RK bro, but. I'm I, didn't, to, I actually didn't mind MVP Lashley versus RK Bro because it was something fresh. And it, once again, it was like a short-term thing that gets them a win before we move on to an actual feud. Which, Because I think a lot of times in WWE, they immediately go to a feud and then it's the same fighting. I like having little things in between where you get like a fresh match. I think it just keeps it a little fresh week to week. I like that RK Bros continue to be in the main event because they know what they have. So I think that's kind of why they did it. So for this week, I didn't mind that aspect of it, but it just like that opening segment was a tough watch. It was too much going on. I think the other thing too is having Omos and AJ out there already made me go, well, here we go. You know, Yeah, it was weird because they were out there and they each had like their match and then they stayed on commentary. So it was like, I'm fine getting a rematch with those guys because I do want to see RK Bro versus AJ and Omos again because... Because I'm into both odd couple teams. Like, I'm into it. I'm into their interactions together. And I don't know. Like, I can't get enough of AJ and Riddle in the rain. AJ and Orton in the rain. But I just can't get enough of Omos, period. I, like, want this guy. I want to just watch him every week. I just... So, like, having all four, I don't... I want... There's more to do with them. But I like that they didn't get physical this week. Well, they did towards the end of the well, night. But I mean, that, like, that was I my mean other, in a match. That was my other thing, too, is that, like, Omos touched Randy. I know Randy's not necessarily in the match. Or wasn't tagged in. But the, to me, it felt like that was a DQ right away. But then it kind of like I feel floundered. like they never do the DQ if they aren't legal. It's, it's like they're pulling the guy off the Look apron. at the rule book. I'm telling you. I know. I agree. But I feel like that's never enforced. So oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. The rules are made up in arbitrary, I mean, as we talked about in this yeah. system. But it doesn't really matter. Uh, I, but again, the RK bro thing happens. Here's the thing. 
I do love the RK bro thing, but there was a random promo in the middle of like right before Dewdrop where they were like talking backstage and Riddle was just like, you know, naming off his random things he's good at. And all I could <laughs> think of all I could think about was what an ill-timed placement for this. Like just this was just said. like shoehorned in and going, hey guys. We're the fucking stars. Don't pay attention to anything else that's going on. I just love that it was like scootering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking See, I to the babes. Yeah. Like, I get it. But like, to me, that felt like, here's the thing. And it, this is, this is more of a general term for the WWE. And it, it's like, it's, it's us as Americans in general. We, we always overdo it. Like oh, yeah. in general, well, less is always is, more. But RK bro is like, they think it's, and I understand it's licensed to print money and it probably is. But if you give me too much, I'm not going to want more. Like, if you give me too much pizza, I'm not going to eat pizza for it's a fucking a three-hour show, bro. Would you rather have five yeah, segments but it was of like, RK, bro? It was, it was a minute. It wasn't even like a two- or three-minute promo. It was stupid to me. It was stupid. It didn't I don't mind happen. it because I see those like transitional pieces that kind of keep the show moving. But I, It had no merit to me whatsoever. I mean, no merit. most things don't on Raw. It just, I'm just saying, no merit whatsoever. It made me laugh, so that's merit enough for me. Well, good for you. you Nobody know, cares what you, you think. You know what man. else makes Everyone cares what I think. You know what else made me laugh? What? Karrion <laughs> Cross. <laughs> they're still going with that shitty helmet. I love how on his entrance, they're like, he's going to be more intimidating if we zoom in on the helmet where you can't even see his face with the weird thing. Just like... That fucking helmet, I just, I laugh, man. I just, I, again, like he beat, you know, welcome back, shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Fucking ah, eat a possible pen. comeback. Yeah, but it just like, I, I don't, like, this fucking guy, man. He just like, he's he's dead in the water until Scarlet comes back, and I just need a weekly laugh, so. <laughs> Your weekly laugh, sponsored by Carrying Cross. Stupid, sexy cross <laughs> with his sexy suspenders. I just, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. Like, he's got a little skirt. I know it's like a gladiator thing they tried putting all over on the commentary, but it's just like here's the thing. It looks like he's he. It looks like somebody gave him Alexa it Bliss's looks outfit, ridiculous. and he's like it shrunk on him. <laughs> and he's like, shit, this is my only pair, and oh. that, that's what it feels like. He's he's wearing Alexa Bliss's outfit and it don't fit. That's what I think about, and and I I, I don't even watch what he's doing. I, I'm, I'm sitting there I going, laugh. I just laugh. I watched it all, and during the match, I was just laughing because he's he's trying to act all serious, and all I can picture is him in his stupid entrance. Yeah. Oh man. It is. It is I'll tell you this much. It, it's not going to get worse. It can't get I didn't worse. think it could get worse, and they put the helmet on him. So he, I, that was his idea. Don't can find new... Uh, that I was know. his idea. I know. I know. Was, He's thinking action figure. Yeah. He's thinking an action figure. Hey, you know what? That might be cool. I could be a good enemy for the Ninja Turtles. Oh, wait. It already is. Yeah, exactly. No, I, there's nothing else you can say except, like you said, weekly laugh. 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 Yeah. Just laugh. The Laugh Factory. Oh. So, we're in the part of the program... Do it. ...that... I feel as if we need to have this conversation. Let's do it. There was a particular match on Raw that yep. everybody seems to be talking about. Yep. Where it was Charlotte versus Nia. Yep. And in the middle of the match, things apparently didn't go according to plan. Let's get physical, physical. So they got a little, they got a little physical, little slaps. You heard Nia say, "Don't." Love that. And then, of course. You know, some some flip flop and hip hop and doobah dop and came around and then of course there was a finish, which I was shocked that Nia Jax beat her clean, and the internet went ablaze, ablaze on Nia Jax, and all I could think about was, you're talking about it. In my opinion, you're talking about it. Do you know how many times that the clips from this match have been watched? I for in less than an hour, I saw something like 32k or something like that. People are still replaying. I see people tweeting like. I can't stop watching it. And I was the same with WrestleMania. I loved this match. I did too. I love this match because this is part of the reason why, like, I love guys like Brock. Because they come in and they fucking hit people and they tell people to fucking hit them. And these two, whether, like, I, I mean, they definitely got pissed at each other. And they were giving it to each other. It's like, I like that. But I also love that it's just like these two women don't back down. They're like, you know what? You fucking hit me in the face. I'm gonna hit you in the face. Oh, you kicked me on a flip. I'm gonna fucking do this. The my favorite part of the match was when Charlotte fucking underhooked her. It looked like she was gonna try to sidewalk slam her, and Nia was like, "No, you're not." So Charlotte's like, "Fine." She just did the fucking uh, what you call it? Oh, the, the Russian reverse, yeah, reverse whatever. DDT thing. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like I loved. I just love that because. A lot of times when I watch wrestling, like, I enjoy the gymnastical stuff and, like, obviously, like, the incredible athletic ability. But every now and then, I just want to see two people fucking fight. Yeah. And these two were just fighting. And it felt real. And the fact that it felt real is why it was good. Yeah. It was good. And, like, the 
this is different, like, from the other Naya things where, like, maybe, like, she, you know, whatever, where she can, she's injured a lot of people we know. But in this scenario, it was just like, no, these are just two fucking women going at it. Charlotte, I think, is better when she gets really physical. That's why, like, her and Rhea's first match I thought was really good. Well, the other ones weren't is because they were, like, physical before. Last one's got more or less physical. But, like, even, like, Charlotte with Sasha with someone smaller, those were always very physical matches. Charlotte Bailey, physical matches. Charlotte Becky, physical matches. So it's just like Charlotte Nia, yeah, it got physical. And honestly, this is the most I've enjoyed a Nia Jax match in fucking a decade. Yeah, she almost got my comeback because I was so excited. I've always been a Nia Jax guy. But here's the other thing too. I know it's your biggest flaw. It's, here's, it, biggest. Uh, so here's here's the thing that I wanted to state specifically. I went on the internet and everybody, everybody was like, oh, she dropped Charlotte on her head. First off, no, she didn't. That was a back suplex. She didn't. She did not land on her shoulder. She did not land on the back of her head. That was a back suplex. If you knew what it looked like, that's what you're supposed to do. The fact that it went awry, what? Regardless, here's here's what I want to tell everybody. It ain't ballet, Adam. It ain't, ain't ballet. Uh, so here's here's what I want to say to you. For anybody out there that hates the Nia Jax or thinks or sorry hates the whole situation or thinks it's stupid and Nia is hurting people, either she did that on purpose without consent. And then Charlotte lit her up and you're talking about it or it was planned and they still did the finish like professionals. So what the hell is your problem? You know what? I, I have one bone to pick with you, Adam. You're a coward because you should have put this in the shine. I would have agreed with you. I was waiting for you because I wanted you to bring it up because I want to like, know if he puts this in the shine because I bet I he thinks that I didn't like I, it. Here's the thing. You I should have thought... put it in the shine because honestly, I enjoyed this for the most part. I didn't know what you were going to do. That's no, the problem. Uh, in terms of this matchup, the other Nia stuff with the other woman's stuff on the show. Yeah, whatever. I That was all garbage and like whatever. But it, like this in particular, this match and that fucking, the, the sequence where it started to get physical to the end was fucking beautiful. My, my favorite part, this is my favorite part of that clip, is the fact that Charlotte knows that shit's going wrong and she just runs off the ropes yep. and tries to go over something and she just gets stopped. And yep. I went, that's, that's like, that, that went from... That went from everybody's on the same page to, ah, shit. You know, and that, that's what I love about this is, again, every, I just, I hate the, I hate the inclination. Everybody comes here and says, Nia Jax, Nia Jax, Nia Jax, Nia Jax, Nia Jax. Like, they always say she's hurting people, blah, 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 blah. She like, does have a history of doing I, I understand that. But in this particular case, she did not. She no, this, did, this, absolutely did not. This, she was defending herself. Yeah. And then Charlotte met her with the same intensity, yeah. which is stupid. Because, and I understand there's a lot of there's a Charlotte Stan group out there. And I understand that. And Charlotte's amazing. But Charlotte is as much to blame in this particular instance because she met her with the same amount of intensity. Yeah, the that's same why it was amount. Good. That's why it was good. It was good fucking TV. It's good TV. It was. It was good TV. And you're talking we about it. We need this every now and then. We need this every now and then. And especially, like, this is something we never get in the women's division. No. But these are two women who are better when they're physical. Because, like, with Nia, it's just, like, it's, it's, tough. it's always been tough for Nia because the majority of people that she's working with are so much smaller than her. So it's sometimes it's, yeah, she's had a lot of accidents. Yeah. You know? But it just, it is what it is. But in this scenario, like, Charlotte could fucking take it. And Charlotte knew that Nia could take it. So they went back and forth. Like, I mean, these two, I'm sure they had a hug in the back afterwards. They got over it. But in the rain, like... You can't convince me that wasn't real, and I thought it was great. I want more of that. We need more of that. That's how you create rivalries, so, man. Th so based on what we just said there, the fact that we're talking about it, the fact that you don't know for sure whether it was part of the match or not, that's right there the reason why this is something that we will talk about for weeks. The one thing that I did hate about this is, and like on it, I agreed with the decision to have Nia beat her clean. But the fact that this one felt so right, and they sold me on a match of Nia going for the championship by pinning the championship... It scares me that WWE's gonna be like, see, you guys love it. We don't need number one contender matches. We'll just keep pinning champions. This is like the one time in the last like six months of the thousands of examples where I thought it was the right decision. See, I don't, I, 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 I don't agree with you at all. I think that the number one contendership thing, they don't, they Guthrie makes fun of it every time on SmackDown with Knox and Tegan. They don't care about number one contenderships anyway. But no, that's what I mean. I think all the other ones were fucking annoying. But this is the one time. If this was like, if they hadn't done all the random of the contenders pinning the champions and they did this, it would have made it even better because this shouldn't happen all the time. But WWE is always out there pinning their champions, not named Roman or Bobby. So, uh, but this is the one scenario where I was okay with it. I'm like, I'm okay that Nia beat her clean. But I would rather. Here's the thing. I would rather this be the thing. Than a number one contenders match in general. Oh, hell no. Number I one would. contender matches are way better. Number one contenders because it's so, so much fun to, to be look at it and be like, oh man, this person has a chance. This person has a chance. 
here's the thing though. More often than not, you're going to tell me on on Friday night when they had a number one contender slot, you thought, oh my God, anybody but Bel Air? Come yeah, on. but I still loved it. That was it, fun. It was better, it than, was, it was it was better than having, uh, okay, Nestle would have rather had Bianca versus Bailey or Bianca versus Becky, have Bianca pin her and then Amelia have a rematch. No, no, no. It's better to let Bianca go out there and show why she should be the number one contender, but also give you a tiny 0.001% inkling of hope. Like, oh my God, let's just had a moment. Could they do it? They're not going to do it, but oh my God, are they going to do it? Like, you don't get that if you just have the fucking same match 50,000 times like they normally do. I'm not saying they should. Number one contender matches are better. No, they're, well. You're an idiot. No, they're, no, they're not. No, they're just not. They're not because they are way better. If they were better, they would be used properly in WWE, but they have never done a number one contender properly. You just said right there, they would. The WWE never does them properly. That's what I'm saying. Number one contender matches, like whenever they do them in like AEW stuff in NXT, it's great because you don't know always who's going to win. But even when you do know they're going to win, like Friday, it was still very good television. It was. No. You're an idiot. You no. hate everything. You hate entrances. Your opinion on That has nothing. You know how I know you lose this argument is because you're no, bringing up stuff I'm that doesn't saying, matter. You were literally invalid on this one, so I, but I'm not surprised because you also, you hate all the fun of wrestling. No, I don't. You really do. You just hate fun. No, I don't. You, know, you want to get rid of entrances, number one contender I never mattresses. said I wanted to get rid of entrances. You want to get rid of everything. You want to get rid of everything. You know you do. You take a nugget delete, of truth. Delete. You are worse delete, than melting. You take a nugget delete, of truth delete, and you blow it up to oblivion. I can't believe we're yelling about this. Don't Honest we, to God, I did not expect this. I mean, I did. You stink. P.U. Adam. <laughs> Speaking what? of P.U., do you have any other heat? Oh, I'm sure I do, but I got all heated <laughs> on this, so it's fine. Uh, no, so the other thing, too, very quickly is just kind of whatever. We're going to go through as much as I can. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, so we didn't really talk about Seth and, and Edge is kind of a thing, but not really a thing. I don't know if that bothers you that it's continuing or not, but... I think we expected a kind of uh, uh, three matches here, but I just I hope that even if they do a second one, Extreme Rules, whatever, if they do do a third one, I hope they spread it out a little. I can't believe Boogs fucking beat Ziggler. That was kind of a whoa moment for me. Yeah, I just, you know, like, I obviously the Dirty Dogs haven't really been used, but, like, come on, man. Like, give them a fucking wrestling match. Ziggler and Root are so fucking good as a tag team. You want to fucking highlight knocking Boogs? Let them have a 15 fucking match. I just, like, I just... <sighs> Shayna, Shayna Baszler loses in uh, amazing style. They're racking up the L's. And of course, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't really want to bring this up because I don't think it's necessary. You know what? I won't. It's, it's not necessary. Well, that's pretty much my heat. I'm just going to talk myself out of it. That's it. It's time to get hopeful. Let's get hopeful. Glorious. You are my only hope. I'll kick off WrestleMania, and I'm going to uh, leave the WWE pond and go to the AEW stream for this one because this weekend is. What's the difference between a stream oh, and a look. pond? I don't know. It's smaller, and AEW is still technically smaller. Hey, so. Don't say that. I mean, it, Jesus Christ! Come on, you don't don't go finding the one specific demo stat where maybe they were kind of close. It's not. A, it's a fucking. We no were contest. great. On Wednesdays yeah. from eight to yeah. eight fifteen in the forty nine to forty five. Oh, you're telling me Britt Baker was the highest part of the show? No shit. She's the best thing on the show and has been for a year. So, yeah, she's going to get the highest rating. She's fucking amazing. Uh, but, no, uh, mine's actually going to be about the tag team championships because oh you know what I'm sick of, Nestlemania? The young cucks. I'm so fucking sick of them. They're fucking drier than fucking Kenny Omega trying to cut a promo. It's just brutal. But you know what got me excited is that the fucking Lucha Bros have not fought them in a while. They had those great matches, obviously the series, but it's pretty much since they've been in AEW. I think on the first pay-per-view, they had like the ladder match. I don't think they've really fought in like two on two since. They're obviously going to be in the eight-man tag, whatever, because they can't help themselves. But I want the Lucha Brothers to win the AEW Tag Team Championships. I think I picked them last year as my most underutilized talent in wrestling. I stand by that. These two are incredible. Uh, I love Penta. I don't think Phoenix gets enough credit. The things he does in the ring are fucking amazing. They're an incredible tag team. I want something fresh. I love that they're involved in this little Pac Andrade struggle, but I think helping them get gold would kind of solidify it. Maybe, hell, maybe Andrade helps them win in some way and they don't realize it at first, and that continues that storyline where the only reason they're champions is because of him. Because I do think eventually the money would be to put them with him, but we'll see if they actually do that. But yeah, that's pretty much my hope, WrestleMania, is that the Lucha Bros win. I think it's time. I think it's time for something fresh. Um, I think they can carry this division, and I hope that we can just get away from the fucking the Looney Tunes of the fucking Young Cucks, Good Brothers. Stuff. It's just like it's too much Looney Tunes with some of their big titles. It's like, get out of here. It's not good Looney Tunes. It's just it's like I'm sick of it. So give me the Lucha Brothers. These guys are fucking awesome. They deserve it. New tag team champs. Let's go. Here's my hope. Mm -hmm. I was I had two, and then I'm like, you know what? We haven't talked about this yet, so I feel like we can we can discuss this. Lot of heat, lot of hate and heat actually, on the new NXT logo. 
I've seen a lot of memes like NXT Kids, Nickelodeon, the whole thing. Flower Power. Yeah, the whole thing. I would like to defend NXT. This is where TJ's ears are going to perk up. I think, looking at that logo specifically, you got to have a rebrand. You got to make it seem more youthful. NXT was metal. NXT was, you know, black and yellow and, 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 you know, poppy and all this random stuff. But maybe NXT is going for that youthful demographic. Maybe NXT is going to go for something more specific. So before all of you just jump on the whole thing saying it looks like finger paints or that it looks like something like splash made by a four-year-old or whatever you want to talk about, just give it some time because here's what I'm going to say. You're still going to like the in-ring product. You're still going to like that the matches are amazing. I mean, Carmelo Hayes is is still going to be there. A lot of your favorites are still going to be there. So don't sleep on NXT or, you know, because I feel like there's a huge, huge section of the NXT fans that are just like, this is not my NXT anymore. Which honestly, if you look at the way FCW was and it came out to NXT before everybody jumped on the NXT bandwagon, this is the model that they're going back to. 100%. So instead of, so here's, here's what I think about when I think about NXT. We've talked about this plenty, but the logo really solidified this for me. It got popular by not so much an accident, but Triple H found a hole that was a void, found what could he, he could fill, made his own little like indie style, and then like kind of forgot about, oh shit, I should probably train some of these guys to be up on the main roster. And he cultivated this amazing area for people that didn't want to leave. Now, some of them may not have been good on the main roster. That's another discussion for another day. But they overshot. Like, the cannon already fired, and it went, and it launched people further than they could go. Now they have to take the cannon back and re-aim it and pull back and start again to relaunch people. That's what they have to do. Because... The, what NXT was with like Arrival and and, and Sami Zayn and and Neville and Bo Dallas and all that stuff. Paige, Emma. Yeah, mm. that that was the stuff that you and I, you and I couldn't get enough of. No, I'm not saying that it that the, what we have now or a couple of years ago wasn't good. It was, but like the peak was Brooklyn with Bailey and Sasha, right? Oh. Everything after that, not everything, but it started to tailor off after that and then a little bit. Like I'd say maybe let's let's move it to Finn. After Finn, it kind of like fell. Right? So there's been that kind of like, eh, I don't really know what's going on here. But that logo solidified to me that I'm excited. I'm go- We're going back to what I want. So everybody needs to fucking chill. It's a logo. It's a logo, folks. And it's, to me, representing good. Because what we've had, late, in my opinion, hasn't been as good as I've watched. So that's what I think. I, we need to pause, pump the brakes. And in a couple weeks, let's reassess when we see it. For God's sakes, let's just see it when we see it. That's my hope. So your hope is that if everyone calms down? And- yeah. Just calm the <laughs> fuck down. Like the internet specifically is like, it's a, it's a logo. It's I a honestly, fucking I'll say logo. This. I'll say this. I did laugh because it wasn't what I was expecting, but the whatever the logo looks like is literally not going to affect how I care about exactly. the Exactly. You know, but it was just, I did I did laugh because it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Like, you know. Yeah, but just, what, 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 would you, what would you I actually? don't know, but I wasn't expecting that. I, I thought like, but I still, I, I don't I don't care. Again, I don't, like you know. it's one of those things until I see the presentation of the whole thing. But I, I did, I laughed, but I didn't get that. It's uproar. not like Nickelodeon Gak is going to fall from the sky in the intro and they're going to shoot up all these random kid-like things with yeah. confetti. I mean, it's just not, that's not what they're doing. They're just, they're, they they got to put a new coat of paint on it. They have to. And we, yeah, we've been on the same page about this NXT thing for weeks. We were like the two of us. It's just like we're we're ready to get back to like the golden years of NXT. Yeah. Like not again. Like we're saying, like the stuff recently is not bad. It's different, but it's just it's. I think it's too similar to other things we see. And like I'm ready to get back to what made it great in the first place. I want to be excited when somebody gets called up. And I don't think I've felt that way in a very long time. Because yeah, people don't really get called up. And that's the thing. And the people that you want to get called up, leave. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and the people that do, sorry, the people that do get called up, like, aren't the people that you, that you want, and the people that don't, just leave. Well, it, for it, a long time, it felt like they were taking that second tier of superstar because the top ones refused to leave. Right. Like, I've been, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see it because who knows with this contract thing, but I've been saying for years, I want to see Adam Cole and Ron SmackDown. I want to see him against the tops of the WWE. I want to see him interact with Roman Reigns. I want to see him interact with Randy Orton. I want to see him maybe someday with like a John Cena or something because I'm like, I think he's that good. I might never get that opportunity depending if he does jump ship, which it'll be a whole nother, a lot of positives, obviously, if he does go to AEW. But with stuff like that, it's like, I want to see Champ 
Tampa and Gargano. Like I said, the minute the way started, I'm like, this is a main roster gimmick with those four. Like it was that good. I'm like, this could work on Monday Night Raw. And they ruined it. And well, they, they kind of took it apart, but it was just like, I'm like, Gargano showed me he has the chops to be a main roster star. Ciampa, he can be his own, like he built his own like audience the way he did by being gritty. That can work on the main roster. The one down says, yeah, these guys smaller, but there's plenty of small guys on the main roster that overcome it. It's part of it, you know? So, but yeah, instead we're, it just, it, we're there staying down there for eternity. Well, you really just uh, poo-pooed my hope in some way, but that's okay. Oh, hey, maybe they'll actually move up now or something will change. Anyway, it's time for your comeback. Got to make that comeback. Liv Morgan. She, like this, uh, we do this all the time with her. Like we start and she's red hot for five weeks. Then she just disappeared. We had it leading the money in the bank. We're all excited. Then she's just been off TV. But I feel like whenever she comes back, it's always so exciting. And the crowd is always like, let's go. Ready for Liv. She looked great against Bianca. It was a lot of fun. There were a few moments there was like, oh my God. Even though you knew it wasn't going to happen, you were like, oh. But it's just something about her. She remains one of the people... There's like something that you can't teach with people that are just true underdogs that I want to root for. And she is one of those that is the epitome. Whenever I see her, I want the best for her. I want her to win. I just, I just, I, I'm invested. I'm always invested when she comes on. It's always been that way with her. We've seen her kind of grow from what she was at NXT to now, really rounding herself out. Her size is always going to be a disadvantage for her, but there's a reason why she sticks around because they know she's popular. They know they have that, or if they want to flip the switch at some point, they will have a great story. They tease it and they tease it, but you know what? I just like I'm I I I love seeing her. Give her all the titles. Give Liv everything, but no, just give her TV time because she's good TV. I was gonna give certain comebacks to certain people, and I realized I have three, <laughs> so I'm gonna do them real quick. Naomi getting a promo saying, "What the hell? I'm not on TV." I'm excited for that. Hopefully, she's part of the family. Secondly, my comeback goes to Goldberg not going at the WWE title, but going for Bobby Soul. I went. Oh, God, I can I can relax. Digging holes and taking souls. Digging holes. Can't wait for Sonny. Get that money. And then, of course, my real comeback goes to the Viking Raiders. They're back on TV. But specifically, Eric looked really good and fluid in that tag match. They made quick work of uh, Veer and Jinder, which, you know, on my television is obviously good than fast-forwarding. When you can make it done in three minutes or less, I'm very happy. So, for me, I was excited because I'm always a big handsome Johnny slash Ivar guy from obviously around here. But I felt like when I was watching the Viking Raiders, I went, those guys are going to SmackDown. There's nothing else on Raw for you right now. You're in limbo until we figure this shit out. And I think the Usos versus the Viking Raiders is an interesting matchup for me because I don't think I've seen it. We haven't, I don't think. And I think that that's an excellent way to get the Viking Raiders at least somewhere. So for me, that's my comeback threefold. That's a lot. That's yeah. very selfish of you to take three comebacks. Well, you I'm gave a, two. I'm okay with it. No, I only give it to Liv. No, you, but you have given two in this program. Yeah. And you I, give it to yourself all the time. I can do whatever you want. I you gave, gave yourself you a You gave yourself one. I gave myself one. We're even. Okay? So get out of here. Get out of here. It's time to get to the big old finish. It is. And, you know, we're going to do a quick run through NXT tonight. We have uh, Champa versus Ridge Holland, Gargana versus L.A. Knight, uh, Kyler Riley versus Duke Hudson, and we have... Um, the new UK champion is addressing the crowd. Uh, what are you looking forward to tonight on NXT, Nestle? I I'm a, I, Dragunov made me a fan, Yep. so I'll watch that. And I'll watch Gargano and LA Knight. Same. But that's it. I don't. The other three matches, I, I couldn't care less about Rich Holland. I could not care less about... I couldn't care less, excuse me, about anything that you just named. <laughs> like, I already forgot about it. Ciampa and whoever. No, it's Ciampa versus your boy, Rich. What? Well, whatever. Don't care. I, I literally thought they were two different matches. That's how much I don't care. Yeah. No, there, there is, but I, I am with you. I, I cannot get enough of LA Knight and his theme song, and yeah. uh, Gargano's been good, so give me that. But WrestleMania, before we get to the all-out predictions, we actually have a pretty good uh, dynamite card. We have a useless eight-man tag featuring the Young Cucks, which who cares? Orange Cassidy's facing some jobber, um, but Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. You want to talk about physical? I hope that's physical. Uh, that match is going to be stopped by Braun. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> More likely Ricky Starks, but I like that. I uh, like the Braun. Imagine that. Imagine, like, they're like, oh, we got rid of Brian Cage because we're bringing in Braun on Team Taz. I would shit a brick. That actually would be pretty good. It's fucking that hysterical. Good. But uh, the, the main thing on Dynamite this week is, uh, you know, our boy uh, Dax has been teasing on Twitter, FTR, this could be their final match together because Cash Wheeler's injuries Seems serious. We don't know if they're working us or not, but FTR and Santana and Ortiz, the rematch. A lot of the promo and vignettes, some of them have been on TV, some have just been on the web. They've been very good. It really makes you want to root for FTR here, which, I mean, I always was because I love them, but I really like both these teams. Um, I think they're going to lay it all out on the line. It probably should be on All Out, but I think, honestly, they're going to get more time and shine here on Dynamite, so I'm okay with it. 
I mean, FTR has to go out on the on top to the top guys. So I mean, I expect them to win. Uh, it sucks because this is like they said, nerve endings. They're the are, best damn tag team on the planet, in my opinion. I mean, the so. arm. Uh, they said like his arm is so screwed up. He yeah. has like er, nerve problems, yep. uh, and you know you can't pick people up. Uh, you can't do your job. So I feel so bad because I'm sure he's he's got so many years left in him. But uh, it's it's tragic because they were you know they were a great tag team. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they deliver on uh, on Wednesday. Oh, they will deliver. But speaking of deliver, we head on to Sunday Night Predictions. You ready, Nestlemania? I don't even know if it's in the, the, the Grab thing. your pen and pad and write them down because we got 10 of them. And we're going to start off with the 21-woman Casino Battle Royal uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship match. I believe it's on their pre-show or whatever they call it, the buy-in. Um, the uh, people that we know that are in the match are Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Tay Conti, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, and nine-woman TBD. So probably going to be a lot of surprises. They're probably going to use some NWA and some Impact and all over the place. But, so, uh, you said Thunder Rosa's in there? She is in there. I got to pick Thunder Rosa. So here's why I'm not picking her, because I think that she will probably be the one to beat Britt Baker eventually. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. And I feel like a lot of the times they give them these one-offs, but I'm looking at something else. Is uh, Hikaru Shida hasn't got her rematch yet, so I'm going to pick Shida to win this thing, to set up her rematch with Baker to have another great match. So give me Shida as Shida, the Shida, Shida. Yep. So now we head to the main card. We have a singles match between John Moxley and Satoshi Kojima? You did say it right, correctly. I All think right. Moxley's going to win. Yeah, I think just the fact that he's over here is a cool thing, but I think John Moxley is just kind of like, you know, checking boxes in this part of his career yeah. until he can go do whatever. And Tony Khan actually said that, you know, he's like, I think John Moxley, you know, as a top guy. So I'm assuming eventually he'll make his way back. But right now he's got daddy duty as well as still trying to be the, you know, the hardest man in the whole fucking room, essentially. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Moxley. Next up, we have a singles match between Pac and Andrade El Idolo with Chavo Guerrero Jr. Uh, it's Andrade's uh, debut, I believe. So I think Andrade's going to win. I think this is going to be a good match, though. I agree with you. I think Andrade has to win here. And if depending on where this lies in, in the actual matchup, I'm starting to subscribe to your theory that if, if the Lucha Bros win before this matchup, we're going to see some shenanigans at the end of it. That would be cool. Where they turn on Pac. I think they, in my scenario, I would slow play it because I'd like the dynamic of him continuing to be like, the only reason you have those is me, but I could see that too. Uh, next up, we have the insulting part of the show. I'm literally insulted. This is on their pay-per-view. Paul White versus QT Marshall with Aaron Salau and Nick Camaroto. I still don't even know who those guys Sounds are. Sounds like you're delivering. I you just know? like, I mean, obviously. It's we, off a menu. Obviously, we know Paul Knight's going to win, but I am insulted that this is on the card over so many of the talented people they have. I'll tell you right now, I accidentally, my, this is how I know my, my iPad doesn't want this match to happen. It typed in, I went to type in Paul White for both of us, and it typed in L.A. Knight. Yeah, L.A. Knight's better than Paul White there and you Q.T. Go. Marshall combined. The fact, the fact that Q.T. Marshall, Marshall, excuse me, Marshall, as they say in commentary, has that stupid comb over. It's just, it's not even like I hate him. It's just like, why? I, I, just, I, why? I, I just, I... Again, if he was doing what he was doing before, it'd be fine. But, like, he just, like, no. Get out of my face. Next up, we have a singles match. If Jericho loses, he will retire from entering competition in AEW. Chris Jericho, MJF. Nestlemania, you know what I want? I want every week MJF coming out and being, I'm the one who retired Chris Jericho. Just much like Corbin did with Angle, I need MJF to retire Chris Jericho. Because, as we know, retirement's not forever, but it is for now. And MJF, I think... It's another thing that he can just add to his list. I think you're high off your fucking rocker if you think Jericho ain't winning. That's what I think. Horrible. I'm just, I, I'm not wrong. Jericho will win. He might. That might be the sensible I, pick. I, but I, I pick what, what should happen. Well, that's great. Should and could would. Doesn't happen, though, fun. We'll see. Listen, Bubba, I'm right. I know it. We'll see. Bubba, get out of here, Shiki. Uh, next up, we have a singles match for the AWTNT is Dynamite Championship. Miro, God's favorite champion, defense against Eddie Kingston. I honestly hope this is just a fucking squash because I don't <laughs> buy Eddie Kingston as competition for Miro. Uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I love watching Eddie cut a promo, but if you think for one goddamn second that that belt's going on his shoulder or waist, I might vomit. Have Eddie cut I a promo vomit. before this yes, match yes. and then have him get in the ring, Miro fucking beat the shit out of him for 50 seconds and then make him tap out or pass out. Like, I don't... Like, Miro just needs to continue to dominate yes, people. Absolutely. So then when we do get a nice, like, big-time contender, it'll feel even better. I agree with you. 
Next up, we have a steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Young Cucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, take on the Lucha Brothers of Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix with Alex Ebrahantes and WrestleMania. You know what I want is the Lucha Brothers, but man, you know what? I'm going to pick them, but I don't feel good about it. So here's the thing. I... You talked me into it because we I want it to happen. Uh, you know, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I mean, I'm looking at it going. I, I'm probably going to be wrong because you know what the young cucks love themselves. No, but here's the thing: the fact that it's a cage match would imply that the Lucha Bros are going to find a way. I hope so, and I think you're right. I think you're right on this one. And I, not that I like to give you a lot of credit, but I think you should you're right. always give me credit. I'm yeah. great. Well, if you t- if you if you if you have to tell somebody you're great, then you're not. Great. I have the best credit line in the business, baby. Sure. So next up, we have a singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Doctor Britt Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. She's also dynamite. The champ defends with Rebel against uh, the Alien. I believe they call her or something. Chris Statlander, who has come back and I believe is undefeated since she's come back. But uh, give me the DMD to retain. We are we are in Britt Baker's world, folks, oh, and well, it's not going to end anytime soon. Shouldn't. And I think they're going to keep riding that bus until the wheels fall off. They so. should. She's the best part of the show every week that she is on. She just, no matter what she does, she's great. She's fucking killing it. Next up, we have a singles match for the AEW World Championship. You're not putting this in the main event. Neither are they. Oh, wow. Kenny Omega with Don Callis defends against Christian Cage. Cage already beat them in their first match for the Impact World Championship. There's no fucking way Christian Cage is going to beat him for the AEW Championship, though. Omega wins by cheating or whatever, but Omega's going to win. If you think Christian Cage is going to walk out with the three belts or whatever, uh, you guys are absolutely insane. Kenny Omega is holding on to that championship until a real contender comes out. Till fucking Hangman Page beats him. It might be Punk. It might be Dan no, Bryan. Who Hangman knows? Hangman Page. Punk's staying away from that title for a long time, I think. I hope you're right. I think I, I am. hope it's a year from now. He I, wins it back in Chicago. Then he rent, you know, he should never win it back. Hangman Page should beat him clean in Chicago. That'd be great. There you go. Uh, but no, but then you know, I'm assuming you're picking Omega. Yes. So next up, we have what will be the main event at All Out in Chicago: a singles match between CM Punk and Darby Allen with Sting. As I've mentioned before, I think CM Punk will win this match because I don't think I think no. Darby's I think Darby's one of the few people that doesn't need a win to look awesome coming out of this, and I think. Uh, I don't see. I, I just it makes more sense for me to Punk come in and t- to win. I think Darby. This is gonna Darby. he's gonna make Darby look incredible. But yeah. uh, give me Punk. Can I can I just say something real quickly? Yeah, I picked Punk, but he said something in a press conference that made me go. Ew. He's like, I haven't taken bumps. And all I could think about was, he's like, I'll hit the ropes. I know what to do. And all I could think about was, Ew. you know, like. This could be very bad. Let me very put quickly. it this way, though: is we saw that he was training with uh, Malachi yeah, and yeah. Uh, Zelina. Yeah, I'm sure he started taking bumps then, because as we know, Malachi is very physical. So I'm thinking that you know I believe him when he said that, but I think ramping up, he ain't no dummy. He's gonna get himself ready. I hope so, because yeah. I, I have I have a fear of like looking at him and be like, wow, Let's he put looks like a bag of bones. This motherfucker pads. has always called himself the best in the world. Yeah. You think if he's coming back, he's not going to come back to the best of his ability because he knows the legacy that he created for himself. He could have never wrestled again and people would have called him the greatest thing ever. So the only thing he can do by coming back is damage that, honestly. But he still did it anyways, which means he loves it, which means he's invested, which means he is going to get himself where he needs to I wonder to if there's like a Curse of Jericho kind of thing here where it's going to take him like six months to be actually back honestly, to Honestly, I expect it to be clunky and I'm okay with that because that makes him fucking human. I just like, I just please don't be like, be like Jericho, but, but I mean, most so of it is because Jericho's fucking old as shit. But so here's my other ca- caveat to that is you said that he he comes back and tarnishes thing. He, I think he has to come back because his last thing is he got fucked up in the UFC. No, but I think everyone. Well, yeah, that's, that's I think that's different. Legacy. But in terms of wrestling, I don't no. think people. Yeah, I don't think. And I, I love punk. I'm a yeah. I'm a punk guy. Just, you don't say. I'm just kind of weirded out by the whole like not taking a bump, hitting the ropes thing. That's good enough for me. I'm like, oh, I hope you're wrong. You also believed him, so. I don't know if I believe him when he said that. I think he's just, he's punk. You know, he's fucking around. He knows what he's doing. He's a fucking, he knows how to hype things up and get people interested in talking. He's one of the best talkers of all talky talks. All talky talks. He's a great talky talker. He is. On that note, I think I'm out of talking. Are you out of talking? Never, but I can stop. You should stop. No. Don't stop. All right. Talking. Okay, okay, thanks. I didn't want to have to, you know, take that out. All right. 
All Why? right. I can't sing. No, because then it's, it's a whole Through thing. the darkness, I will rise. Nobody wants to listen talk to you sing. Talk it, talk it, talk All right. Do you want to socialize a pod or do you want to get out of uh, here? Jobbernocker.com. Check out the website. We have all that good shit, our weekly content. We also have these staffs all out predictions. So check it out there. Also, tpublic.com slash jobbernockers where you can get the merch. We got some great shit. You should buy it because it's great shit. Um, also, give us five stars, five flames. Like whatever you have to do on the podcast and app. Share the podcast. Tell your friend. Tell your dogs. Tell your wife. Tell your wife's dog. Tell everyone. Tell everyone everything about how great we are. And uh, they should like, subscribe, five stars, five flames. Uh, Twitter at Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, Facebook Jobberknocker. Follow the entire staff whose handles on Twitter, which are listed in the description of this podcast because uh, they're all cool dudes. They know? are. They are wonderful. I guess on that note, we hope you enjoy All Out Weekend. I know if you're there in Chicago, you're going to enjoy some really cool stuff at, uh, I think, StarCast. There's going to be some cool stuff there. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it the whole weekend. And we'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. Hi, yep. <laughs>